This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we have a great episode for you today. Um, today, we have Mark Smiley uh, on the show. Mark is a skier, an alpinist, um, and now a teacher, um, sort of. Um, he's teaching online courses, has been for a little while, uh, most recently re- released a course on alpinism, a beginner's guide to alpinism. Um as well as a bunch of other courses that are available on his website. Um, it is just mtnsense.com. Uh, Mark and I kind of chat about what that's like, what the teaching process is like for him, uh, why he teaches. He leaves everybody with a couple of useful tricks um, for navigating in the backcountry as well. Um, he, uh, he was great. I actually really, really enjoyed this episode, and uh, I hope you do too. Um, in addition to that, Mark wants to give everybody an opportunity to get 25% off on their training. Um, so I've included that link in the show notes below. Um, if you have any questions or any of that kind of stuff, direct it to Mark because I know next to nothing as usual. Um, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Fisher Skis. Uh, Fisher makes all kinds of touring gear. Um, as you probably know, and uh, now they're releasing the new Transalp boot, uh, which is kind of like that hybrid in between that Ranger boot and the uh, Traverse boot that existed previous. So now they kind of have a full offering of touring boots uh, for everybody, um, and Transalp will do really, really well for them this season. Um, it's what I'll be skiing most days, and I would highly recommend you give it a shot if you're looking for a new touring boot this year. Um and yeah, just fishersports.com. All the new stuff should be up shortly. Um, in addition to that, we also have Blizz Eyewear as a sponsor for today. Um, you've probably seen me wearing the pink and black ones or pink and pink or pink and white, whatever color combination uh, you choose. I have the fusions. You can switch those things out lens-wise, frame-wise. Everything's interchangeable. It's very cool. Lens quality is excellent. And you can save 25% off and get a free gift as well uh, with promo code out of bounds 30 um, or 25 rather. Uh, if you use the 31, you're not getting 30%, you're getting 25. Um, but yeah, uh, 25% off on the uh, website. Is it 25% off or is it 30% off? I don't, anyway, I'm not redoing this ad read. There's zero chance that I'm redoing this ad read deep into this. That being said, <laughs> Um, these are phenomenal. I'll include the code. Um, we're in Oregon. I don't have the everything in front of me. I have nothing in front of me right now, actually. And Adam X is sitting next to me, like just laughing at me, like as I'm screwing up this ad read tremendously. But the point is, is Blizz Eyewear is uh, they're great. They've been great to us, and uh, you can check it, check them out on uh, enjoywinter.com and use promo code out of bounds thirty. It is out of bounds thirty for thirty percent off. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. I hope you guys enjoy the episode with Mark Smiley. If you guys have any questions about the episode for Mark, for me, uh, let us know. We're trying to keep this thing on a consistent schedule. And, uh, so we'll see you next Tuesday. I forget who we have, but we've got to, oh, Jimmy Krupka. We have Jimmy Krupka next week. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk more about that when it's next week. 
Cool. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Um, Mark, uh, tell people who you are. Uh, tell people a little bit about yourself, and we'll kind of cold start you that way. Okay. Uh, my name is Mark Smiley. I'm based in Jackson, Wyoming, and I've been a mountain guide for my entire adult life. Uh, I'm 40 now, and so I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. Uh, I'm an IFMGA guide, which means I've gone through all these tests and courses over, for me, it was a seven-year period of my life to be tested in rock climbing, alpine climbing, and skiing, and ski mountaineering. Um, and and then that what that certification has done is opened up the doors to guide worldwide, and that's what I did primarily before COVID. And um, I've also created this website called Mountain Sense, and that's basically my little project to brain farm myself and teach people these guiding skills and just climbing skills in general and skiing skills in order to kind of create access to the masses for this high level stuff. Um, and I'm a husband, I'm a father of two, and I'm psyched to be here. Amazing. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the, like the whole mountain sense website. Like, was that a, was that something that you had in mind for a long time? Was that something you've always wanted to do? Like doing these kind of online court, because I don't think it really existed in skiing very much and definitely not like in the overall outdoor world. It, it doesn't seem, it always seems like people are looking for real detailed information like this and it's extremely well made. It's well cut together. It's organized extremely like a course. Um, and I think you've treated it extremely professionally, I guess. And has this been something you've wanted to do for a long time or was this something that came up because of COVID? Like, was this why, I guess, why did you decide that you yeah. wanted to brain farm yourself? I, I always liked teaching. Uh, my whole family are teachers and I've never been an actual teacher, but yeah, in guiding, you're teaching your clients, you know, daily, hourly, and it's just a different venue for, for teaching. And, and, you know, going through these AMGA courses, they're, they're each like 2,500 or $3,000 $3, when I was doing it. And you'd walk away at the end of a 10-day program with all this knowledge and, you know, eager to use it. And so then I, my default was my, uh, my climbing partners who were also guides that just hadn't done the courses or maybe they had. And it's like, oh, here's this example of I can use this one technique I learned. Cool. And I actually have a, a clip back in it was my very first rock climbing road trip and I had this really crappy digital camera. That's when they were first coming out and were first affordable. And I, I'm doing my first ever two rope repel and I'm doing a selfie with my little Nikon cool fix <laughs> camera. This is a two rope repel and <laughs> it allows you to get down your full length of rope. Uh, and and, you know, it was like, so I'm like teaching as I'm basically learning. Um, <laughs> so it, it's just been like a default setting for me. And then I've also, I really like photography and videography. And I've all, I always have a camera with me 
And so it was 2017, I believe, is when I made my first course for Mountain Sense. Okay. And back then I called it howtodenali.com. Okay. And because I had, I was a, I was in Peru and we were sitting at high camp in Alpamaya. We had just climbed the mountain um, and we were going to climb the, its sister peak. And so we had this rest day at 19,000 feet on a glacier. And so you really can't do anything in that setting because you're tired, you're resting. It's not like you're going to go for a stroll or something. So we're just sitting in a tent as my wife uh, and then the two clients, Ben and Ryan, and they were feeling all psyched because they just climbed Alpamayo, which is a 19,000 plus foot technical mountain. And they're like, you know, what's next? And they're like, well, Denali's cool. And they just start pepper, peppering me with questions. And they, they were the same questions that other people had asked because Denali is a cool mountain and, you know, a lot of people want to climb it. And I just opened up a Evernote and started writing down what their questions were. Because in my mind, like I had the things that they needed that I think they needed to know. But before that, they, before they could know those things or be ready to learn those things, I needed to scratch the itch that, of questions that they had. And so they, I don't remember what the questions were, but I wrote them all down. And those essentially became the chapter titles to the first course, which was specifically how to climb Denali. Huh. And, and then since then, you know, I've just had, I think I've, I think there's seven titles or six titles that have, you know, definitely scaled up in production value and uh, I'm bringing other people in like other experts and it's, it's just kind of, it's continually evolving. Um, and it's really cool, right? Like this tool that is online learning is so powerful because, you know, you take somebody that's motivated and you give them access to somebody that they wouldn't have access to before because I'm doing other things or, you know, whatever. And then you boil it down, which I spend a lot of time doing is taking out the ums and the like, you knows <laughs> and the, the stutters and all that. And so it's this like pure form of, of communication in order to answer these questions. And then, you know, the, the, there I go again, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not cutting them out. I, nev I never end up cutting out anything. <laughs> uh, the, the, the final product is, is really neat. And then you have access to it uh, forever and you can reference it. And a lot of this information is perishable. You, know, you can't just learn it once and be like, good to go. Yeah. You, you need to refresh this stuff with avalanche education being probably the biggest one, but also different knots and crevasse rescue techniques and th that kind of stuff. We just don't use it very often. Thankfully. Right. This is rescue stuff. Right. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool. And I think it's the start, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the beginning. I think in 30 years, this whole game will just be have reinvented itself again. Yeah. And that's just cool. You know, the way people, the way people learn is not confined to black and white textbooks and the five 
slide gray image of how to tie a whatever knot. Yeah. That's, that's just brutal. No, this is way better. And I think right now you're kind of, you're probably seeing the benefit of like technology getting better too. It's like when I, you know, five years ago when you're taking an online course, like for me, it was five years ago taking online courses in college. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, this is not what I want to be doing at all. But now, even with your course, it's like, it's so refined. It's so dialed in. And it's like, this is the information you need. And not only that, it's like, if I want to play one of your videos, like you can like send it up to your TV screen and watch it like in the comfort of your own living room, like much more comfortably than you could a few years ago. So I think as the technology progresses too, you're talking about an avenue that is wide open. Yeah. And the, I think that my favorite videos of people that tag me on Instagram are, you know, it's on the big screen and there's like three friends doing crevasse rescue in their living room. Right. Yeah. And they're all learning together because guess what? They're going to be roped up together and they better have this stuff on lockdown because this is real. This is the mountains. Uh, and that's just, I think that's just awesome. Whereas, you know, before you'd have the one friend that was lucky enough to be able to do a Knowles course or something. And then they come back and they're like, okay, (laughs) what did they teach me? (laughs) Did it's like telephone. That's exactly what it becomes. So this is, this is the opposite. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's really cool. And, and, you know, as more people utilize it, um, more people are psyched on it. And, and that's the other, uh, I like, normally as a mountain guide i'm selling trips i'm selling hey stand on this stand on this summit come have this life experience that's going to rock your rock your world with me and that's been great i've done you know i've climbed with a lot of people and we've done a lot of cool things but that's one person at a time and now the the essentially the pitch is, Hey, learn how to do this stuff for yourself, by yourself, or learn how to do this stuff before we go out. And then your experience with me on this guided thing will be so much more rich. You'll be so much more prepared and therefore ready to learn. I call it chumming the waters. It's like, (laughs) You, you know, if you, if you take, if you take, I, I've taught crevasse rescue a bunch on Mount Rainier. Uh, I used to work for three or four, four summers back in the day. I worked on Mount Rainier and we would do, you know, they would sell a crevasse rescue day. And so you'd hike up for an hour and a half, two hours to get to the cornice lip where we would have an actual venue. And then there would be, five eight people there and we're all crowded around and you better catch it the first time because we have a whole bunch of stuff to go over and then you get a little bit of practice and oh it's time to go down and we walk for 45 minutes downhill to get back to the car and that's the end of it right and and so in that context you know i would say the biggest protagonist to this online learning are the people that have the mentor that have years of experience and they're like, you can't replace real thing (laughs) with online. That's just cheapening the whole thing. You know, like I'm selling a diet pill or something and it's like, you know, 
hold up a mirror and just congratulate yourself for having a mentor like that that is a privilege <laughs> absolutely not has, yeah not everyone has that uncle that wants to take you under their wing or whatever and show you show you the ropes as it were uh i didn't and i just had to learn through books and through you know making mistakes and and then guiding you know i being being a guide you get training on the job and that really really helps and so and 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 the ability to be able to do that is a privilege and so this is just kind of knocking that down a bit leveling the playing fields where someone from massachusetts could learn they don't need to they don't need to you know be on a glacier to learn about this stuff now does it you know are you going to go on a glacier and practice yeah and when you do practice it's going to be way better and way you're going to learn you're, you're going to retain way more because uh, that kinesthetic part of learning is obviously really important and it's fun and it's more fun when you actually know what you're doing in mentally when you go out there and you're like all right let's put this to practice what was that not okay i got it yeah, I imagine it's a lot more free. Like you have that baseline knowledge to start going doing something new because for a lot of these people, I imagine they're they're getting into it. They're not just looking for refreshers. They're looking for like, especially with you know how much the backcountry scene has blown up over the past few years, people are looking for more information, and it feels so guarded. Like it, like you said, it feels like like old crunchy old guy that just doesn't want to share any information and I feel like the ski industry and skiing in general has felt like that for a while but now here's this resource uh, that's like fully available for for everybody so I guess my question yeah. is have you had that a bunch where people are like oh you shouldn't be sharing all this or like oh uh this is you know not I, I don't know I guess have people given you any shit for putting out something like this not really, honestly. It's more, I. It's probably a ten to one ratio of ten parts. Wow, I should have done that. <laughs> or, <laughs> good on you. Good on you for actually making the effort because everyone talks about doing right. What everyone's you like, did I could and you do actually it. did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I have a video on my. I have video phone on my phone. You know, I could shoot a video. Uh, but I would say that the one part is of maybe some negativity is if somebody was is currently you know that's their bread and butter to like teach crevasse rescue or to teach avalanche courses in person they're like wait you're you just came up with a better model yeah Uh, yeah yeah and so but you know i mean sorry not sorry i i don't know yeah that's not your problem it's like when netflix came out like they don't need to apologize to blockbuster you know like it's not it's a and obviously that's an extreme example i think but you're you're talking about doing it a better way that's more accessible for people those people that teach in person have every ability to go and get their classes filmed put them online and sell them as well right and they have been actually oh yeah, yeah. with with covid being the catalyst for that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just what I've seen in the avalanche world is COVID was a kind of just a, an annoying reason to put stuff online, make it a hybrid program where you do the classroom stuff in the comfort of your own home. 
and then you come and do two days in the field or three days in the field, depending on what level it is, or five days in the field. And I, I think that's here to stay, honestly, because people with something like this where it's recreational and you can make a video that's quite good, the, the power that it is and the convenience that it is, think again, back to this whole privilege, privilege thing. Yeah, it's cool if you live in a ski town, you can just go down the road and refresh your level, whatever. But if you're traveling, you have the cost of entry, you have the cost of traveling, hotels, you know, rental cars, all that stuff. And it is, that's a big ticket to do something that's good for you, but not necessary to, to do this sport. Right. Not necessary in that, that you can buy all the stuff and actually go out without any certifications at all. There's no like, there's no gatekeeper saying, do you have your right. you know, driver's license or something? Uh, and so it, basically it's just, it, it's, it's just leveling the playing field, I think. Yeah. No, and I I think you're right because like you said, like being someone from like for me, even to take my Abbey one, right, which is like the baseline is two hours, right? Like I gotta go two hours, spend a whole day off. Like I don't get every day off. So if I take a day off in the fall or the winter or whatever, like I wanna be skiing, you know? I wanna be doing the activity. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think this is necessarily a replacement, but it's like you have a baseline of information now that's really important for people. Yeah. And I, so back to the, uh, old crotchety guy, I, I do think that that person or that message has merit in that you can't, you can't streamline or expect something you're watching on screen to replace in the field experience. And that, I mean, because that's super important, right? And that's the whole point. No one, nobody is watching my avalanche course out of entertainment right (laughs) (laughs) maybe dude i don't know you're a fun guy like maybe maybe they're into it i don't know well that's fine too i guess um but you know most people are watching it so they can actually go backcountry skiing and they can do it safer and they can do it better and and so so long as you don't have that person who thinks that yeah, I think a good analogy is like watching a video on how to drive a Formula One race car and then be like, yep, sign me up for the, you know, whatever, Monte Carlo, I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, the the video can teach you where the starter button is and how to take a, you know, high turn and right. where to stop to fuel up. And so you're not a total ignorant person towards that like i am now with formula one i could you know get i could get my online i could get my online uh you know uh prepping of of what's going on which is like this avalanche thing and then yeah take it to the field and and start small you know like in in the avalanche course i talked very extensively about this whole concept called non-avalanche terrain like there is, there are ski runs that will never in a million years avalanche because they're not steep enough. And that I, I explained this to a woman that uh, grew up and lives in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, like ski Mecca. Yeah. And she just didn't, she likes resort skiing and she was scared of backcountry skiing. And I was like, well, you could just go to, over to this run. That's non-avalanche train. She's like, hmm. 
you know, so she always associated backcountry with potentially getting killed in avalanches unless you knew what you're doing, which is a safe, you know, that's, that's a, that's a extra safe assumption. But if you're a little bit educated and you say, Oh, if I can keep it under, if I want to be really conservative, 25 degrees, and I know how to check the forecast and not go out on, you know, when it's this color and this color and this color, then I can have this really fun experience in the backcountry, earn my turns. And that's cool. I didn't know I could do that. And so that's where I, you know, I really encourage people to go in their first step. And there's a lot of that terrain out there. And then as they get more educated and more experience, both educated from books and educated from days in the field, then they can step into the, the bigger mountains. Not that it necessarily like really limits the risk. You just know the risk that you're accepting and you can say, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> it is, it is crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. So one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because you just released a new version of these classes um, or a new chapter. What are you calling them? Are you calling them chapters? Are you calling them just courses? Uh, courses, yeah. Okay. Online courses. Um, so the ultimate guide to modern alpinism, that's the one that just dropped most recently. Um, tell me a little yep. bit about this course. Tell me kind of who it's geared towards. So it's geared towards mountain climbers. And it takes a, there's nine parts in it and it takes a look at expedition style climbing. So specifically if you want to climb Denali is the example I use a lot in it, just living on a glacier, extended, extended stay on a glacier, setting up a camp and cooking and food and all that kind of stuff. And then another part is talking about route planning. And this is, this is kind of like doing your homework or yeah, doing your homework so that you can go to a place that you've never been before and be prepared for it and scour the internet, collect all that data in one spot and have it offline. And I, it's essentially using my flow. So in 2010 or 11, my wife and I were climbing the 50 classic climbs in North America. And the first year this is all from a, a book that was written forever ago. And the first year we cruised all around North America or Canada and U S and we climbed 26 routes. And so we had to get, and, and these are routes that I hadn't done before. And so we really refined this process of like, where are we going? Where's the trailhead? How far is the approach? What rack do we need? how many days on route, how many hours or whatever. And where's the crux? Where's the descent? Where's the weather? And what's the ranger, you know, rescue rangers phone number type of thing, put it all in the same spot and, and you're good to go. And so that, that whole process is in there. And then things like ice climbing, which is like alpinism. You think of rock climbing with, some sharp tools as well <laughs> because <laughs> often you have to cross a glacier, cl cross some type of snow or climb some type of snow in route in order to get to a summit. Okay. And, 
And so I talk about that a little bit. What else is in there? Oh, bivine. Um, that's a big part of, of alpinism is you're climbing a route that takes more than a day. And so you have to carry all the stuff on your back that you need for cooking, sleeping, and staying warm during a cold night, you know, at high altitude or whatever. And go over that and refine. And then there's a gear section. So it's pretty, it's pretty exhausting. I think I added it all up and it's about five hours of content. And it's broken up into three to five minute chunks uh, of each of these different topics or lessons or lessons within lessons. I want to, yeah. So I want to jump back to the route planning and like the preparation that goes into it ahead of time in a sec here. But like, how long does one of these courses, like how long does it take you to make one of these courses? Like how, how meticulous are you and how, yeah, how long does it take to like put together all this information? Because I'm just thinking about doing it like in my own brain. It's like I would start doing this and I'd be like, oh shit, like I forgot this thing. Like this needs to go in there. Oh, this is really important. Like I would just be like, I would never get it done because my like ADHD brain would just be like bouncing front to back all day long, I think. Yeah. Well, it takes a while. I, I don't, I never kept track of the hours. Uh, because that would probably be depressing. <laughs> uh, a long time. A long and, time. Yeah. And and I'm also using footage of all these climbs that I've done, which is hundreds. And I always have my camera with me, more or less. And so if I'm making some type of teaching point, I then reference the hard drive with from the climb of the North Ridge Mount Stewart, and here is video articulating that exact point. And so that's maybe I would say my competitive advantage over to some over someone else uh, that wanted to make one of these is that my my B roll is pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> from a teaching standpoint. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it, it was like, so there I was, and and you should learn this too. And here's the video of that. So that's uh, let's see, what was the second part of that? The just like how I mean, putting it together, I guess that like the B-roll part is what I was interested in too, because like that part, remembering like, okay, I have this clip of me doing this thing, and it's here. I gotta go get it. Like I guess the pre-organization of all the clips that you had, like that part is really important like to have all the yeah. stuff from trips you've been on and it be organized i think that is a skill in itself and that alone like if we're talking about like allowing people to do this kind of thing and like put this online that alone should be like the bar for the type of content that you have to put out because it's so dialed in that sense oh yeah i remember what i well thank you i appreciate appreciate that um the other part of that what you brought up was this like you know the ad ADHD part of it where it's like oh and this and this and this the the cool thing is that these courses are a living document I'm adding to them as a new piece of gear comes out as I find a different way to teach the same thing that takes 30 seconds oh, nice. out of the explanation and so that just gets uploaded and the perfect example is I was I'm always making videos. And so I launched the course and, and then I came across this video that I forgot to upload about how to rig a single rope to a tagline. 
and then repel safe safer from that. And it was this new to me technique where you clove hitch the end of the tagline to the lower anchor because the single fatter dynamic rope is going to be zipping through your belay device at a different speed than the tagline zips through. So there's different friction between those two cords. Okay. And you have to anchor the tagline to the lower anchor in order to make it safer. And so I had made a video on that because Petzl just came out with this new tagline that I wanted to check out and it is cool. And, and so, but I had, I had made the whole video and then I forgot to upload it. And so I just (laughs) took five minutes and and put it in the course. and was like, Hey, here you go. And I explained, I explained that in the introduction of this alpinism course where there's a progress bar uh, up to 100%. And my goal is for people to come back maybe the next year. And if they've watched all of it, that progress bar will take it down to say like 90% because I've uploaded new content and they're like, and they're getting that, you know, for free. And so it's a living document. So once you buy the course you're in, like you don't have to like rebuy it next year when you re-release it. That's right. Yeah, that's I think it's amazing. I really do. So, all right. The one of the last things I'll talk to you about is the planning and the preparation ahead of time when you go to a new place. I know we had talked about like people learning something, taking something away from this episode. This is a good thing, probably, because it's especially for me, like this is one of the hardest things for me to do is to go and get that information ahead of time when I want to go do a new thing. Like I'm, I'm the worst. Like I'll go to an area cause I, I travel a lot for the show now and it's, it's really fun, but you go and you do these new areas and I'll just like text a buddy and be like, Hey, how do I do this? Where do I go? Right. Mm-hmm. I do no research. I'm like such a pile of garbage when it comes to this particular thing. Route planning is off. Like, you know, like I said, I'm a cyclist and uh, like, I'll do a big route and I'll just have no idea where I'm going. I'll just be like, here's my end point. I don't really know how I'm getting there. So mm-hmm. how do you how do you plan ahead of time? How do you do the proper information? Like, do you make a checklist? Like, what's what's your process for that part of it? Yeah, it's so. If we narrow it down to like a particular climb, like if I'm the easiest one would be, say, cragging, rock climbing, where it's like, where's the area? Where are the routes in my grade that I like to climb, and how long of a rope do I need? And, and that can all, all that information could be found on mountain project or, uh, I mean, I think rack up does a lot of guidebooks now where you can just rent them for, if you're doing a road trip and you just want to spend a little bit less instead of having a bunch of guidebooks floating around or just the internet in general. Um, I will, I'll just, if I, if I can key in on a, on a search term, like the name of the route, that's where I'll start. And, uh, the other kind of takeaway I'd say that a lot of people don't know is let's say you're doing a hike or there's a climb with an approach and a descent. You really need to have that route line that you're going to walk on, on a GPS app. Okay. Like on expat country app and that, that route line will be on your phone and it'll be accessible without cell service. Mm. But I that think, yeah, needs to be done that. beforehand. Yeah, you don't need cell service these days because your, your cell phone is 
a GPS device. Okay? Right. So you can be in a black hole. Well, okay, you can't, <laughs> sort of, you can't yeah. be in a canyon. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be able to see the satellites. <laughs> and and it will work. It'll be able to, you can say, where am I? You know, or like push the locate me button and you're this like little blue dot without cell service. And if you have a blue dot where you physically are on the, you know, in the world and you have a red line of where you need to go, navigation is so easy at that point. If you don't have that route line or if you don't have the map that that route line is on, then you're kind of hosed or it's, it's a lot harder and you need to be like, actually, you know, Daniel Boone or something, (laughs) 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 figure out where you go. And so, uh, the, the takeaway here is that you can Google search dot GPX. And that is the, that's the name of the file that GPS devices use in order to, to have that route line. So it's like a JPEG is a image photo, right? GPX is a GPS file right and so i'll just google search um dot gpx and northridge mount stewart approach or something and see if i get lucky with google and Uh, it's funny i didn't even think of that as an option right like i get sent gpx files all the time for like roots and stuff like that that you know but i get it sent from someone else i didn't realize that like you actually could just put it in google and google will still read it you know Mm -hmm. yep and so and sometimes you can get lucky with that. And then if you don't, then you can go to one of those mini specific crowdsourced files, uh, file sharing, uh, Caltopo, Strava, Backcountry, mm. or uh, Onyx Backcountry, Gaia. You know, all of these have routes because everyone, you know, they'll do a hike and they'll be like, Share, look what I did. Yeah, Strava's probably the worst, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. It's Facebook. Here's what I did, and here's how fast I am. Yeah, (laughs) look at how many stars I got on today's ride. And I have this route animation of where I went. Yeah, (laughs) starting at my house. Yeah, right. My mom thinks it's real cool. I hope you do too. (laughs) So that's that's a big one. And then just getting the other, the other big one I would say is, and this is just kind of a a fun hack, but so if you're doing a rock climb, multi-pitch rock climb, you have a topo where it's like pitch one is this and go up to the roof and then go to the right and you'll see two pitons and build your anchor here. That's a topo, topo map. And a lot of guidebooks will have this. You'll take a picture of it on your cell phone and then you're going through your day and you're taking other pictures of the climb and the approach and, and all these things. And then you're on pitch three, let's say, and you're like, where, where do I up and right or up and left on pitch four? And so you have to open up your phone, go to the photos, scroll all the way back through these photos you just took to get to, to get to the topo, zoom in on it and then go about your day. So the hack is to set the topo as your screen lock image. So all you do is like key, key your phone, like you're checking the time and there's your image. Uh, Wow. That's actually really good. (laughs) Yeah. It's super fast. It's, uh, 
and and it just keeps you moving because who wants to stare at their phone when they're you know in the back country no no totally <laughs> like that seems like such a way yeah that's that's actually very good i wouldn't have even i wouldn't have even there's no chance i would have thought of that that's amazing <laughs> i i picked out or i thought of that one when i was guiding and i was going to it was in the tetons and i had a you know client following right behind me and i'm doing the approach and we're doing the the route that you should do on day one working in the Tetons, I just hadn't done it. And the approach is a little convoluted. And so I had to keep looking at my phone and it's eroding the confidence of this client. Like, <laughs> it's like, is this guy checking a map? Is my guide checking? Yeah. Me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is. And so, and so I, um, yeah, I just took the time to, I was like, I, I hate opening it up. I just need to change this picture, you know, on the home screen. And, and there you have it. That's that's amazing. Um, all right, um, Mark. Where can people find all of the information? One more fun, one more time. The courses, and then where can you have a great social media presence as well? Where can people find you on social, YouTube, Instagram, the whole the whole nine? The website is Mountain Sense, so M T N S E N S E dot com, and the idea behind that is. Like it's, it's the scent. You need your spidey sense. You also need your mountain sense. And then on, on, uh, Instagram, I'm at smiley's project. So smiley plural project.com. And I'm not really on any other things, I guess. Perfect. <laughs> I don't it. really, I don't really tweet. Yeah. So. No, t- Twitter's dumb. I, you know, honestly, I only really use Twitter for Instagram anyway. Like I'll just like take a tweet and I'll put it on Instagram. Like I don't actually use Twitter for Twitter. I don't think so. I use Twitter when I want to be angry. Yeah. <laughs> when you want to talk about <laughs> politics with people, you just get on Twitter. Like you want bad news yeah. reporting. Yeah. I want to convince others of what I think. And I think it's a really effective uh, medium to, <laughs> to start arguments. Yeah. It's great. Um, Well, dude, thank you for this. This has been great. Yeah. No, I appreciate it.